Hello and welcome back to lesson 31 of our Old Testament Bible history series. In this lesson, it will be about deliverance. And you can follow along in Exodus chapter 12 and 13. First, I have a question for you. Do you know that awful feeling that you have after doing something wrong against your parents or grandparents? Maybe you have broken something and not told them. Maybe you've been disrespectful. There's a barrier between you and them. Something stops you from feeling together with them. We can say that you're not at one with them. You're not in a good relationship because every time you look at them or they speak, you're reminded of what you have done wrong. But I'm also sure that you know what it is like to have that relationship fixed again. It's a great feeling to know that there's no barrier between you and your parents. You can feel at one with them. This is connected with a Bible word, atonement. We will come back to this word atonement in this story. So let's move to our story. The sun is going down in Egypt. It's the evening. The air has gotten cooler. It's very quiet. You don't hear the children shouting at each other. No dogs are barking. Nothing. In Egypt, people are beginning to get ready for bed. But in Goshen, the Israelites are really busy. The cattle have all been gathered together as if they're ready for a journey. The people are busy following the instructions that Moses has given them. Each father has taken a lamb from his flock of sheep. This was no ordinary lamb, but the best one he could find. There are no spots, no marks, no blemishes. He chose this lamb already four days ago, and now he has just finished killing this special lamb. The blood has been captured in a bull, and the lamb is now roasting above a fire. Yes, that's right. They're making a meal. Over there, the mother is finishing making some flat bread without yeast. She has also some special sauce of bitter herbs to dip the bread in. But now, I see the father take a small bundle of twigs and leaves, a bunch of hyssop, and a bowl of blood. What will he do with this? Come on, son, he says. This will protect us. How, dad? Protect us from what? The son says. The father walks over to the door and he looks outside. At the neighbor's house, the same thing is happening. At all the homes in Goshen, the fathers are taking that hyssop and the blood and they're smearing the blood on the doorposts and on the beam above the door. One father can hardly believe that such a simple action will protect them. 
Another father strongly and boldly smears the blood, thanking God for his great protection of his family that night, knowing that they will be safe. Another father's hand trembles. He doesn't understand how this will protect them, but he believes and obeys Moses' instructions, and he smears the blood on the doorposts of the house. In each house, the rest of the family watches, sensing this is new and special. The door is closed. Protect us from what, Dad? comes the question again. Well, tonight, God's angel of death will visit, and the oldest of each family will die. The oldest son is scared. Me too? No, son. We are safe behind the blood on the doorposts. When the angel sees the blood, he will pass over our house. And so the family stands around their table with their sandals on, their walking sticks in their hand. It was like they were ready for a long journey. And they ate the meal silently. They had to eat all of it. And anything that was left over had to be completely burned up. Yes, our last story was about the ten plagues. But before the tenth plague comes, Moses was given some instructions by God. He was to then pass these instructions to the Israelites. Yes, tonight God's holy anger at Pharaoh would now come to each family. At midnight, the angel of death would sweep through Goshen and Egypt. There was no house that this angel of death did not visit with his punishment sent from God. In all the homes, in all the barns, the oldest son, the oldest animal was killed. Egyptian families were all going to bed now and they had no idea of the punishment that was coming to them. Would this angel of death go through Goshen? Yes, because the people there were also sinners. But the only difference was that their homes had doorposts smeared with the blood. They were safe behind the blood. Death did not need to come to the firstborn in Goshen because death had already been there. The lamb was killed. Safety behind the blood. A lamb had died to keep them safe. But in Egypt, it was not like that at all. In every house, even Pharaoh's palace, there was crying. My son is dead. Every family was visited by God's righteous punishment. The Egyptians knew why this punishment had come. They were warned plenty of times with the many plagues that God had sent. And now they went to Goshen, to the Israelites, and told them to leave. Just go away, they cried. You can keep all the valuables we have given you, just as long as you leave, or else we are all going to die. Yes, the word has come from Pharaoh that they could leave. Deliverance has finally come from God.
430 years after they arrived in Egypt with 70 people, we now see about 2 million leaving for freedom. Each family, each tribe began moving out. The men moved the cattle, the caravans of donkeys carried their possessions. Everything and everyone was on their way. This was a special night in Israel's history. Every single spring, they held a feast to celebrate or remember the night they were delivered from Egypt. This feast was called the Passover. That name was a reminder that God's angel of death passed over their houses because of the blood. I'm sure you have a few questions about this first Passover feast. In many different ways, this Passover feast pictures the Lord Jesus and the value of his life and death. Why did the lamb chosen out of the flock have to be a male without any blemish? Well, one of the names of the Lord Jesus is the Lamb of God. He was pure and without sin. And in the Bible, he is called a lamb without spot. And the blood? What about that? Well, that has an important place in this story. What if the family just put the bowl of blood outside the door on the ground? Or inside the house, in a special place? Would that be good enough? No. The blood had to be sprinkled on the doorposts and the beam above. They had to clearly display it. It was like them saying, we know that we deserve to die in this house with the Egyptians, but we believe in the power of this blood to save us. We will obey our God's commands and we will completely depend on him. When that door would close, the family couldn't see the blood anymore. Can you hear the oldest son ask, Dad, open the door again. I just want to make sure I see it, to make sure it's really there. Can we leave the door open tonight? I think then the answer would be, Dear son, I know you want to see the blood, but it's most needed for God to see that blood. And what about in the house? Why did they have to eat the lamb? Could they not just look at it? No, that lamb, that meal had to become part of them. They needed the strength from the food. Today also Christians must by faith be joined to Christ. They must receive everything they need from the Lamb of God. There are many important things about this feast, but if you only remember one part, keep in mind that it is a very special picture of believing in the saving power of the blood of the Lord Jesus. An amazing part of this story is that even before deliverance comes, Moses is given instructions by God about how 
to hold a Passover feast every year in the future. This would be in memory of this great deliverance that had yet to happen. That yearly Passover feast would be just like the first one. The Israelites would eat a roasted lamb, they would eat unleavened bread, and dip it in a sauce of bitter herbs. They would sing songs of praise to God. And every year, there would be more children who would ask, why was this feast so special? And the answer would always be the same. This feast is to remember that we are God's people. He spared us in Egypt by the blood of the Lamb. That's how we were freed from slavery. Let's now go back to the Israelites who are leaving Egypt. Did you know that there were some Egyptians who wanted to serve the God of Israel also? They left with the Israelites. They were allowed to join in the Passover feast if they were circumcised. This is wonderful because it means that there was salvation available for people who did not belong to the Israelite nation. Salvation is available not only for Israel, but also for the Gentiles. This is an early gospel message in the Bible. Hopefully, that last sentence there helps you understand how the story of the Passover is still important for us today, even though we don't celebrate the Passover feast anymore. Let's first learn quickly why Christians do not have this Passover feast anymore. Second, let's learn a little bit more about how the lamb and the blood are really important parts of this story. And third, let's learn a little about a real practical connection that this has for us today. So first, why do we not have the Passover feast anymore? Did you know that when the Lord Jesus was 12 years old, he went to Jerusalem with his parents for the Passover feast? Also, in Jesus' last night before he was crucified, he ate the Passover meal with his disciples. The Passover feast always pointed to and connected Jesus Christ with the real Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7 makes this connection clear. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Before he gave himself to be crucified, Jesus told his disciples to remember his death with the Lord's Supper. So, following Christ's command, the Passover is no longer held, but instead we have the Lord's Supper several times per year. Second, let's learn a little more about why the blood and the lamb are important in this story. Blood has an important part of this story. Why not hang the wool of the sheep on the door? Why does it have to be the blood on the doorposts? 
Well, let's look a little closer and slow things down a little. Remember when you argued with your mom and dad and you felt that broken relationship? How did you fix it? Probably by saying sorry and by being obedient after that. And now you and your parents are at one again. That's nice when that happens. But that is a poor example to try to explain this truth from the Bible. I have to use a story that you already know to make it clear. Can you picture the relationship that Adam and Eve had with God? It was perfect. It was pure. They were speaking with God. They knew him. They were never sinning the way it was meant to be. But when we sinned, then life, that perfect relationship was ruined and death came in. We also wrecked God's creation and all the relationships with others. We cannot just fix that relationship by saying sorry to God. We cannot give atonement for our own sin. Remember those fig leaf skirts that Adam and Eve made for themselves? They weren't good enough. What happened? God came and an animal was killed. Blood was spilled and an apron was made from the skin of the animal for Adam and Eve. There, now you're covered. God mercifully provided an innocent substitute to pay the price for sin by taking Adam and Eve's place. The blood meant the animal's life was taken instead of Adam and Eve's. Sin is a really serious thing. It requires payment with blood, with life. So, in the Old Testament, the blood of an innocent animal was taken to pay for sin. It shows us that sin requires payment with blood. And so, in the Old Testament then, the blood of an innocent animal was God's way of allowing for sin to be covered. Can you see here that in this first Passover, the blood of the sacrificed lamb meant that the lamb's life had been taken. God would accept the lamb's blood as a covering for the sins of the people in that house. When the angel would see the blood, they would pass over and spare that house from the punishment they deserved. Finally, all of this sees its perfect form when the Lord Jesus' blood was poured out. He is the Passover lamb, the lamb without blemish. In Mark 10, verse 45, we learn, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. And in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 to 19, we learn that we are not saved by things like gold and silver, 
but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So, the blood points to the price that needed to be paid for sin. Third, this story also has a lesson for you, young people. I think it teaches you to ask questions about the Bible. Can you read Exodus 12, verse 26 and 7? There the Israelite children are asking, What mean ye by this service? So don't be afraid to ask questions. The Lord Jesus did also when he was a young person. Ask questions about church, about the Bible, about God, about what it means to repent, about what it means to receive a new heart, about baptism, about the Lord's Supper. So here, the Israelite parents were instructed to answer all these questions about the Passover and to teach their children about the special meaning of this feast. This would be a great opportunity to tell their children about God's wonderful sparing protection while they were in Egypt. They were also to teach them about God's wonderful salvation out of Egypt. I can just hear a mother speaking to her daughter. Listen, Sarah, your grandparents were in Egypt and they were slaves, but God spared their lives in so many ways. God also sent all these plagues to convince the Pharaoh to let us go free. And because the Egyptians did not let your grandparents leave Egypt, God took the life of the firstborn in all the Egyptian families. But God spared us. He also gave a lamb to each family so that the blood of the lamb would protect the firstborn of our family. If not, it would have been your grandfather's life that was taken. We owe our life to God. We have now come to the end of this story about God's wonderful deliverance of his people out of Egypt. We have learned how the lamb and the blood point to Christ. We have learned that by faith, there is safety and salvation behind the blood of the lamb. The people of Israel must be so thankful. Well, in our next lesson, we will learn of God's patience with a complaining and unthankful people.